out, let's talk about mechs. Robots. Robots. Yay. They're pretty cool. Yeah. They're pretty big. I I hear both of those things. (laughs) It's true. Things that you could say about mechs. They're big. They are robots. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about one of them video games here today. One of them video games. One of them video games. Here on this week's episode of the Seasonal Amateur Checkup OVA, it's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen Ladium. Hello. Uh, we're, this is episode 350. Wow. Tree fitty. Tree fitty. Uh, we're going to be discussing Armored Core VI Vi. Vi. Fires of Rubicon. It's the new Armored Core game. Mm-hmm. It's also the new From Software game that's not mm-hmm. a Souls game. Which, I guess, threw some people off. Sure. I mean, when it was announced. Yeah. Not now. I think everybody is aware of what it is now. <laughs> At least I would hope so. It's true. Um. So, yeah, this game recently came out on the PlayStations, the Xboxes, and the personal computers on August the 25th of 2023. Very recent. That is very recent. Ralph, buddy. Sorry. And, yeah. Uh, this is the first Armor Core game they've made since 2013, so a decade prior. Wow. Since then, you know, they've been doing a whole lot of Souls-esque games, so... Not exactly mechs, but, you know. You realize 2013 was the year I started my PhD? Now look where you are. <sighs> I'm not an Armor Core 6. I, okay, you know, that's fair, it's true. <laughs> Things that are factual. I am not a mech. I can uh, I can agree with you on that. Yep, yep. It's just always weird whenever uh, I ever think about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, ten years. Ten years. Uh, this game has favorable reviews, according to the Metacritic. It is currently at a piece on PC at eighty-seven out of a hundred, on the PS5 an eighty-six out of a hundred, and on the Xbox an eighty out of a hundred. I don't know why there's a difference there, but that apparently there's a thing. Okay. So yeah, let's briefly talk about the development of this game before we dive into it. Okay. Uh, in September of 2016, from software president Hidetaka Miyazaki mentioned that a new entry in the Armored Core series was in early development. In January 2022, the development of a potential new installment of the Armored Core series was leaked due to a focus test. The game was formally announced at the Game Game Awards 2022 in December. Uh, Armored Core 6 was directed by, or, yeah, directed by Masaru Yaman, Yamamura. His debut in the role, his debut in the role after being a lead game designer on Sekiro's Shadows Die Twice. He took over for Miyazaki, who led development initially. Yasunori Ogura was the game's producer. Many from Software staff members wanted to develop a new entry in the series, but had to wait in, in order to properly allocate resources into the project. In 2018, the game entered prototyping with Yamamura taking over as game as director once the gameplay was set in stone. Uh, Koto Hoshino served as the lead composer of the game. During development, Hoshino was given keywords by Yamamura in order to set the game's tone and evoke a sense of loneliness and nostalgia. Hoshino was given freedom when it came to composition based on the keywords, with tracks being adjusted according to the game's flow. And additional music was composed by Takashi Onodura and Shoei Miyaz- Miyazawa. 
So there's your brief development stuff. I feel like that's really common to get like keywords for feelings yeah. um, when it comes to soundtracks, which is a really interesting way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, this is the first Armored Core game I've played. Really? Uh-huh. I'm kind of surprised by that, given your love of mech. It's true. Uh, it's probably also a thing that, like, you know, you've heard... If you've, if you've heard about this series, you've probably also heard about, like, the the reputation this series has of just being very obtuse and weird and not as accessible to new players as, you know, other series might be. <laughs> Whereas I think they kind of do away with a little bit of that in this game where they kind of like upfront you in terms of like, you know, teaching you how the game works and everything, tutorializing you on like changing out your parts and all that sort of stuff and making it so like it's not super duper overwhelming at first when like, you know, you have all these systems flying at you. It's kind of just like, all right, just go fight stuff and figure out what works for you essentially. Go be a mech. Go be a mech. Uh, you got to see some of this game. I did. I originally saw it when you were forced into streaming again. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I got to see you play it again um, when you invited me to to share play, which mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I got to see you play it twice. Yes. Uh, very fast-paced action in this game, for sure. Yes, very. Which is fun. Like, I think the gameplay as a whole is very snappy. Like, it just has a great flow to it. Like, even though this is a mech game, everything has, like, a good... There's not, like, a a heavy weight to these mechs in terms of, like, you know, they feel kind of, like, slow and monotonous. Like, these things are just, like, you're going. I guess it also depends on, like, how you're building your mech. So you'd make a slow, plodding mech if you wanted to that just hits Mm -hmm. very hard. But I uh, opted for more speedy in this case. Um... Like, the combat itself is very good. Like, there's so many different varieties that you can choose from in terms of, like, how you want to approach combat because there's so many different weapons that you can choose and mix and match and do all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, there's, you know, your hand weapons for, like, guns and melee weapons, and then you have, like, shoulder weapons that maybe it's, like, missile launchers or plasma launchers or stuff like that. But also you could just be like, I'm going to carry four hand weapons on me at the same time because I'm a freak like me. You had some shotguns. I, I yeah, the dual shotguns are maybe very broken in this game. I would say <laughs> those are probably going to get hot fixed at some point. So I'm glad I played through it now and not later. Oh really? I would assume so because like they're just super broken in terms of like you can just destroy anything with them. Like it kind of takes a little bit of the strategy element out of it, where you're just like, well, I have my dual my two shotguns. I'm pretty sure I'm good to go against anything in this game, and you pretty much are. Which is fine if that's how you want to play it. Um, but again, it does kind of leave uh, leave aside the the experimentation of picking different weapons and doing all that sort of stuff. But you know, hey, gotta well, do I got to see do. you do some of that because, um, like that one fight that looked impossible, mm-hmm. you were like switching out your your shoulder guns and everything. Yeah. Um. So it's not entirely out of the out of the picture. Mm-hmm. With your, your shoddy guns, but I did see you use the shoddy guns a lot. They're pretty good, though. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. They are pretty good. Um, this game has also been infamous for uh, <laughs> its first two big bosses in terms of just, like, being a big wall for people and just people 
not ready for that bouncing off and immediately refunding the game. <laughs> yeah, I saw that on Twitter. It happened a lot. Uh, people were just like, what is this? I mean, to be fair, it's a front software game. You kind of have to know going into it that it's going to be a difficult game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say it's like it's not super difficult in the terms of like Souls games because like it's not as long as those games. Like I played, I did three playthroughs of this game, and that in all of that time, it, it was like thirty hours. And if I did that with a Souls game, that'd probably be like way over a hundred, probably. Um, so like, I mean, obviously on your sub- subsequent playthroughs, the game gets easier because like you know how to play the game, and you have all the weapons that you want uh, at your disposal, so you can kind of just go through and just mow everything over but uh i mean the game does start you off with like you know you're in a mech that has a preset loadout that you can't change or anything and like the first uh boss you fight is like a big helicopter that you have to basically destroy and Mm -hmm. you know you've just started the game it's the first mission and you're flung into this boss fight where you kind of don't really know how to play the game you don't really know how to controls and the game's just like all right figure it out if you're going to win, you're going to win. If not, you're just going to be stuck here a while. You're going to learn how to play this game. Wow, um, they uh, they really just take the, the training wheels out from under you and say good luck. Essentially, yeah. I mean, it does prep you for the rest of the game in a sense of like, hey, you know, you're not going to just like mow over everything in one shot. You're going to have to learn like patterns and how to use your mech and like what skill set you want to use with it and all that sort of stuff. So like it that first boss fight did take me quite a bit of time to figure it out and everything. And then once I got through it, I was like, all right, cool. And then, then after that, you're able to kind of like start customizing your mech and everything. And then once you get to the, the chapter one final boss, which is the other big wall that people come up against, that's the one where it's like, oh boy, okay, now how do I do this? Which the game like does give you a little bit of a tutorial that you kind of have to pay attention to of like, hey, this thing has a shield. If you use this specific weapon, it will take that shield down very quickly. So you mm-hmm. should probably use that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's can that can be easily glossed over because it's kind of just like a throwaway text that you might just be like, ah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So you get to this boss and you're just like getting pounded and destroyed by it constantly. And it's, it definitely is one of those where you got to like, you got to figure out exactly what you need to do to in order to defeat it. And for me, as you saw me briefly do, like, got my butt kicked quite a bit when I was fighting that thing the first time. <laughs> oh, is that the one you did on stream? Yes. Okay, the one you were forced to play. I was going to say that this is kind of like when my dad taught me to drive stick shift. Because <laughs> um, he basically like dropped me off with the car and said, like, good luck, make your way home. Yeah. Um, except for that didn't end as well as it seems to have ended with Armor Core for you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get over the hump. Uh, I mean, I learned how to drive stick, sort of, but it also gave me horrible anxiety about driving stick because I was stuck in a parking lot by myself with a car. I didn't know how to drive and had to figure out how to get home. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so, yeah, they, they kind of did that to people, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think you're a swim. You, you, you no, were the swimmer. That's 100% true. It is, you were, you were sinking swimmer. or you're swimming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like I after that stream, I I went and like just looked up like strategies for, it, and then I saw like people being like, oh, you know, the bubble guns are good. Just use two of those to take that shield down. And also, have you heard about double shotguns? <laughs> it's pretty good. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that's where you got the double shotgun yeah. idea. Okay, and then I was okay. like seeing people in comments being like, yeah, I've, I I haven't ran into a boss yet that my double shotguns can't handle. So I was like, all right, let's just run with double shotguns for now. And these bubble <laughs> what if guns. we just stick with that? Yeah. 
So I did that, and then like it took me about a couple more tries. I was like, I was able to easily get into like the second phase of the fight, and then I finally took it down. I was like, all right, well, I guess we're playing this game now for real. <laughs> nice. We're going. Where are they going now? Um, but yeah, like those those first two initial bosses are probably two of the hardest bosses you will fight in the entire game. That's wild to front load it like that. It is. Um, but I mean, it's also just because, like, you know, of your equipment status and everything. Once you go back and do New Game Plus, like, they let you skip that helicopter boss, which is very interesting, I think. Um, mm. But when you go back and fight that, like, Chapter 1 boss again, easy. So easy. Like, I can <laughs> I just, like, one-shot it. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, both of my times back through, I was like, yep, all right. Like, they, uh, here's a very brief spoiler, but, like, in one of the endings, they bring that boss back. Mm -hmm. near the end of the game and it has a couple of new uh abilities and stuff but it was like it was like oh i just <laughs> and i just defeated it once and i was like oh okay cool well nice all right nice <laughs> man what talk about like um a training arc yeah you 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 you're getting beat down you're getting beat up you go do some weight training come back you're just like mm-hmm Perfect. Love um, it. I mean, there still are hard bosses in, the, bosses in this game, like the the chapter four boss, which you saw, which is yeah, that speedy, one looked hard. Is difficult um, because it has two phases. You have to fight fight it back to back, which is tough, and it just like does a lot of spammy attacks and is very quick. Uh, yes, it's very speedy. Can confirm. One of the ending bosses is also very difficult, and then I would say the final boss of the true ending is pretty difficult because you have to fight like three phases of it. Oof. Like one is like you whittle it down, and then the second one you have to whittle it down halfway, and then you uh, you have to basically do it again. But it's like a different phase of that fight. And that one was the one I was dealing with the other night, and I was like, "This game got me sweaty." <laughs> sweaty. I was wondering what happened. You were like, "I'm sweaty." It was like it was tough. It was a hard fight. <laughs> no, I I believe it. I mean, I I what little I watched of you play, I was like, "Oh God, I can never do this." Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's I I had a lot of fun with this game, obviously, because I played through it three times. <laughs> yeah, um, you wouldn't play through it that many times if you hated it. Yeah, I, don't I, think. I just really enjoyed the gameplay. It's interesting because, like, you know, before it came out, I was kind of like on the fence of getting. I was like, no, oh, maybe I'll get it when it's on sale at some point. But then I found my way into a nice gift card from the PlayStation Network, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll get this game. And I was like, oh wow, this is really fun. How do you find your way into that? Uh, you, you have ways. Can I find ways? Uh, we'll talk afterwards. Okay. Um, I will say, I've seen someone else make this comparison, and um, this definitely feels like this is like the Gundam game I've always wanted. In terms of like, uh. I've always wanted like a good narrative-based Gundam game, and like the story in this is is okay. It's not like gonna set the world on fire or anything, but like Gundam games in in general are very weird. Like, they've done narrative-based games before, but it's, like, the last time they've done those is, like, the PS2 era, really. And, like, even then, like, you have, like, the deal with the gameplay probably not being up to snuff or anything like that. And then nowadays, it's, like, you know, they've done, like, the Dynasty Warriors Gundam games, which are, like... It's the only eh, Gundam one I remember. Those aren't that great. Uh, the Extreme Versus or Versus series is more of, like, a fighting game, in a sense. Huh. Um, They have the Builder series, which is, like... Essentially, it's kind of like they, they take kind of stuff from this, like, series as well, where, like, you can put parts on all your Gundam and, like, just mix and match. It's kind of like, but it's more in, like, the line of Gunpla, where you're building gun uh, Gundam models. Oh, huh. 
Um, but the one they put out over here in English, or like the one they released outside of Japan for once, mm-hmm. wasn't good. The one they they did put out like a version of like the third game that they put out in Southeast Asia that has an English translation on it. So I have that copy of it, and that game's good. But like you can't, they never released it outside of like those areas, so it's not like, widely available, which is a bummer. Um, they had that Overwatch game. The Overwatch game was fun, but they're shutting that down, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, like Gundam games are just a very weird thing because like they're so different all the time, and it's like you never. I, I've never really felt like I've gotten like a good narrative-based Gundam game, and like this kind of is the way I would want that to be. Is like the gameplay is just really smooth and snappy. It feels really good to pilot these mechs. And, you know, you actually have a story to tell. And it's not just a retelling of all of the other Gundams or something of that nature. Or it's just, like, there's no story at all or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that was a fun thing to kind of get in this. But, yeah, you wanted to hear about the story. I'm going to just read this Wikipedia synopsis because I feel like that's going to be the easiest way to do it. Before you do that, I, I want to mention that you had some cool customizations on your oh, Gundam right, 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 with right. your stickers and stuff. Yeah, um... Because you can basically customize your your mech in all sorts of ways, like you can like color as well, however you want, and then they also have uh, decals you can put on it. And the decal system is good, but also bad, <laughs> uh, because like you can make interesting things and like you can make wild stickers and all that sort of stuff. But like the way to mm-hmm. share it is like you have to share out like a a twelve letter number code and those those codes uh, are platform specific so like uh, if you see someone make something really cool on pc you can't get that on a playstation or an xbox and vice versa oh hello nintendo systems How yeah about it's you? very weird and broken and in, in, in a way but you can find some some fun things like i had on mine you had you had furball corona i did you had persona 3 the gecko can high um patch mm-hmm. you had i'm trying to remember what all you had i had a uh, chico chico chica chico <laughs> nesso berry on on the chest yes you did which was fun um there was a little link on my back i did like a little a jack link. frost on my back hee-ho ho i had the railway uh, military police emblem on my back as well <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> very funny <laughs> I love that. It's very good. It's the only other Gundam game I can think of. Um, I had Corona's dog. Yes. Also, but yeah, like there's there's a bunch of stuff. There's also like you there, there's like a Reddit where you can like look at like how like people are just uploading stuff and like some things are good, some things are very bad. <laughs> Let's just be real. Like racist bad or no just like not good looking just not good looking oh okay but i mean that's kind of like what you're gonna get with like a decal maker like this where it's like you have to just use parts to to make your stuff right so it's gonna be very difficult and all that sort of stuff but yeah uh, now you can talk about the story i wish that decal stuff was better and like it wasn't platform restricted yeah that would have made it a lot better i think would have made it a lot easier to find good stuff and all that and like have more fun with it essentially but yeah let's dive into the spoilers of this game so like hey if you aren't playing you haven't played through this game or like some people i know who have only played the first chapter of this game get out of here 
get out of here. We'll see you next week. So, yeah. Uh, hey, did you know this is a game set in the future? What? You Where mean you... we don't have giant mechs everywhere all the time now? I know. Wow. It's it's set in the future where humanity has developed an interstellar civilization. Whoa. Whoa. On Whoa. The, on the frontier planet of Rubicon 3, where the fires of Rubicon might be happening, you never know. Uh, makes substance, the title make sense. Yeah, exactly. A substance called coral was discovered that could be used both as an energy source and a data conduit. Coral was held at, or hailed excuse me, as the key to humanity's technological advancement, but instead it caused a cataclysmic event known as the Fires of Ibis, which engulfed the planet and the surrounding star system in flames and left behind a lethal containment, or contaminant, excuse me. Cool. All coral in existence was thought to have been consumed by the disaster. Fifty years later, however, signs of coral are once again detected on Rubicon 3. Corporations flock to exploit the planet and control the coral, heedless of the cost and harm to the inhabitants and, mercenary, and mercenaries follow to profit from the conflict. Capitalism! The, yep. The player is an augmented human designated C4621 who is in servitude to an infamous handler named Walter and fights as an armored core pilot on the premise of earning a new life uh, by taking on mercenary jobs. You were immediately like, this Walter guy sounds like Mueller. <laughs> he does! He just does the Mueller voice. <laughs> Uh, after illegally landing on Rubicon 3, C4621 steals the license of a deceased mercenary and assumes their call sign Raven. Oh. You you stole somebody's identity? You do, yeah. And then you find out, hey, that person's not dead, and they come and fight you later. Oh, shit. I mean, a pretty cool some- moment. I'd fight somebody for stealing my identity, too. Because, like, the first couple of times it does it, like, in, like, the, the non-New Game++ plus plus, uh, mm-hmm. route, you're supposed to go, like, defend the spaceport from getting taken back over, and you go there, like everything's destroyed what happened here and you see this mech up there and they're like you just hear like over the radio like oh hey oh raven we found who we're looking for and you're like wait what <laughs> and you're like oh this is the person we stole the identity from oh no it's really cool uh and then here's the i guess this is the general route before we get into the split uh endings okay maybe this will make a little bit more sense since you've seen some of this game okay uh, the augmented mercenary C4621 is smuggled onto Rubicon with the assistance of their boss, Handler Walter. Upon landing on Rubicon, C4621 steals the call sign of a deceased mercenary, becoming Raven. With the new identity, Raven inserts themselves into the war raging on Rubicon's surface between the Mega Corporations, Balam Industries, and Arquebus Corp., the anti-corporation Rubicon Liberation Front, and the Planetary Closure, Closure Administration, who are all racing to find or protect the Coral. During numerous battles, Raven ends up befriending fellow mercenaries Rusty and Cinder Carla, who occasionally provide assistance, which we learned that Carla is voiced by the same person who does uh, Kareen in the Love Live Nijigasaki English dub, which is very funny. It's very funny, and like listening to her, I was like, yeah, I see it. Uh, in addition, after being caught in a coral surge, Raven makes contact with a woman named Ayer, who can speak directly to their mind. Uh, in the wake of the coral surge, Walter detects coral converging on the central ice field, suggesting a massive deposit hidden there. As Raven heads over to investigate, Balam and Archibus follow as well. This triggers the PCA into action, who send their military forces as well as recovered coral superweapons to suppress the corporations. Faced with the, the threat of the PCA, Balam and Archibus decide to join forces and direct Raven to attack the PCA directly to weaken them. After the corporate alliance destroys the PCA's trump, car- trump card, the Ice Worm! The Ice Worm! You saw the Ice Worm. I did, Robot Worm, I told you he and you did. Uh, Ayer reveals to Raven that she is actually an entity born from Coral and exists within it. 
Uh, after suffering numerous crippling losses, the PCA are forced to withdraw from Rubicon. Without a common enemy, Balam and Archibus resume hostilities, and the three-way war between them and the RLF continues, though Archibus quickly gains the upper hand by or due to capturing PCA technology. Meanwhile, Walter sends Raven to explore an underground facility and discovers the ruins of the Institute City, the site of the coral deposit, as well as the vascular plant, which is designed to extract coral and send it into space. Vascular plant is very, very named. <laughs> So all I think of that is, like, this plant is very vascular. Vascular. <laughs> is that where we found Michigan? Uh, we were, it's like, in when we were going down there, that's where we found him. Okay, because they kept there. yelling about Michigan, and I was mm-hmm. like, man, Michigan sucks. Uh, da, 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 da. However, Archibus forces arrive, capture Raven, and seize Institute City. That's when we fought that scary boss, and they shot the laser, the electrical thing at us, and then we got captured. Okay. Uh, Carla helps Raven escape, explaining that she and Walter were part of a group called Overseer, who realized the threat Coral possessed and swore to destroy it. Carla has Raven help her commandeer the Xylem, a massive colony ship with the intention of ramming it into the vascular plant to destroy the Coral, even if it means means creating another disaster like the fires of Ibis. Iyer, however, refuses to allow her fellow Coral to be destroyed and believes in the potential of both it and, and humanity coexisting, so she asks Raven to eliminate Carla instead. So here's where you get your two first initial endings. I'll go with the one I did first. Um, if Raven chooses a side with Iyer, then atta- they attack Carla while her forces are distracted repelling Archibus' forces. Carla is killed, but this triggers a failsafe program that automatically sets the Xylem on a collision course with the vascular plant. Iyer then tasks Raven with sabotaging the Xylem to cause it to crash harmlessly into the ocean. She also sends a request for assistance to the RLF, who rise up in mass to overthrow Archibus. Rusty also joins with Raven, your buddy. It's very good. Very good moment. Yay. Uh, they managed they managed to disable the Xylem, but Walter arrives in his own AC, killing Rusty and attacking Raven, which was also very wild because you think Walter's dead. And he just shows up. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Miller uh, killed Rusty? Yep. Wow, that's rude. Really rude. Raven defeats Walter, narrowly escapes the Xylem before it crashes. Iyer thanks Raven for protecting both the Coral and Rubicon and promises that together they will ensure a future where Coral and humanity can prosper together. There's that ending. Okay. And then the other ending is, if Raven chooses to side with Carla, Iyer breaks off relations with them. Raven breaks the Archibus blockade around the vascular plant and is forced to kill Rusty, who is actually fighting for the RLF. Very sad. Uh, Iyer then attempts to stop the Xylem by taking control of Rubicon's orbital weapon satellites. Raven is forced to confront Iyer directly and destroys her. That is a hard boss fight. Uh, the Xylem successfully rams the vascular plant and ignites the coral store within, creating an apocalyptic firestorm, later dubbed the Fires of Raven. And the oh. after... Oh, sorry, what? I said, oh, it's named after you! Yeah. Oh, uh, no. In the aftermath, Raven's survival is left uncertain while, while the PCA and corporations completely abandon Rubicon, the planet having been completely scored, scoured of all life. A recording left behind by Walter then plays congratulating Raven for destroying the coral and fulfilling his last wishes. So yeah, that's the Fires of Raven ending, and the other one is the Liberator of Rubicon ending. And then you get New Game Plus Plus, which is the true ending. Uh, In the New Game Plus campaign, Raven can can take on newly unlocked RLF missions instead of corporate ones, while the mercenary support AI Allmind contacts them, giving them an opportunity to battle AI-controlled ACs for analysis. In an additional New Game Plus campaign, Iyer discovers classified data related to these ACs while Allmind recruits Raven into the Coral Release Project, which seeks to achieve complete symbiosis between Coral and humans. Oh. 
All Mind begins assigning Raven its own missions in order to further release project, culminating in smuggling them aboard the Xylem to destroy Overseer and seize control of the ship before it can collide with the Vascular Plan, while All Mind eliminates Walter and Carla. With Raven's role complete, All Mind attempts to forcibly assassinate them and Iron into its cell, or simulate them into Iron itself. Raven and Iron destroy All Mind and initiate the Coral release themselves, which spreads Coral throughout the entire universe and heralds a new age. That ending is very wild because, like, that, that final fight's very hard. Um, mm -hmm. But you find out that, like, there's this dude that you fight initially. There's, like, a mission early on that you can, like, you get paid to do more. You get more money if you turn on your the people you're with. And mm -hmm. one of the guys you defeat in that gets very upset that you beat him and keeps, like, coming back. And, like, there's a time where, like, he hires a mercenary to come and try and kill you. Um, and then near the end of the game when you're in this route, he comes back again to try and beat you. And you defeat him again. You're just like, all right, whatever. And then once you get to the end of the game, you find out that he's been assimilated into All Mind and he's now going to fight you once again. And he's the final boss. Oh. <laughs> he's that salty about losing. Wow. And like all mine the high entire time is like, you're losing the plot of what we're trying to accomplish here. And he's like, I don't care. I just want to kill this dude. <laughs> just salty. Can't yeah. take it. But yeah, that's 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 the final boss you fight. It's just a dude who's very salty. <laughs> and a rampant AI who wants to just make you a part of them. Great. Amazing. But yeah, you see like the coral spread throughout the universe and like one of the final scenes is like there's a bunch of mechs just like waking up on a beach and like Iyer wakes you up as well and is like, hey, look what we did. We did it. We're everyone, everything's spread out. This is going to be great. All right, let's get back to work. <laughs> and that's how the, the game wraps up. You have to go back to work? Gross. I know. Got to make money so somehow you in think? this new universe. What was your favorite of the endings? I like the Liberator of Rubicon ending because it has that really cool moment with Rusty, even though he dies shortly after. And then the reveal with Walter at the end, I think, is also very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I thought the stuff that they did with like the, the third ending, and especially in terms of like incorporating new stuff into the campaign as well, because like there's a bunch of new missions and like missions change as well. Mm -hmm. um, like even like characters will have different dialogue when you're running through those missions so like it's very interesting and in how they're able to like switch things up and change them compared to how you've seen them in the first two times you've run through those routes like they introduce like new characters in this third route as well that's like what <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> um, so I thought all that was very interesting and it's like it's a wild thing to, to hide behind you having to play through it three times to see this stuff yeah it's, it's very uh, very Atome of them yeah, you know, you're not wrong in that aspect. <laughs> what uh, a weird comparison. I just... <laughs> yeah. I thought the, the reveal of All Mind kind of being the big bad at the end was very interesting as well. Because, like, you've, you meet All Mind at the very beginning. And they're just like, oh, we're the mercenary support system. We'll help you go through the arena and stuff. And just, like, you know, you can do all that sort of stuff. And then it's like, oh, by the way, we're sentient and we're, we've got this plan and everything. And it's like, oh, uh, mm-hmm, oh, ooh, hey, yikes. Yikes. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> love that so I thought that all that was very interesting as well um, yeah I think it's it was well worth it to see through all these endings there was definitely parts where in the, the, the third playthrough where I was doing some of these new missions that like some of the new missions are in there are tough like they are mm -hmm. definitely up to difficulty in some of them um, 
which like makes sense because like obviously it's the it's a special playthrough and like you've gone through the game two times already you kind of need a little bit more of a challenge right um so it makes sense but there was definitely some times i was kind of like i don't know if i want to keep doing this but i was able to push through it and do all that sort of stuff but i think it's interesting like i said that they were able to like hide all that stuff in a third playthrough and like it has all this these different ramifications for the story and just like these different missions that are hidden away until you get to this point in the game altogether so i think it's a very it's a cool thing that they're able to pull off and i think they're able to pull it off pretty well nice that's good yeah i mean it's it's a fun game so i'm glad you enjoyed it mm-hmm it's very, it's very interesting as well, right? It's funny when, like, you beat the game and, like, the credits roll immediately just ropes, rope, wraps you back into, like, the game. It's like, all right, well, you've, uh, you found this mech that you're now, you're now Raven, so let's get back to work. Start the game again. It just, like, immediately <laughs> kicks you back into New Game Plus, and you're like, all right. Wow. Like, there's no hesitation, no, just, like, going back to the main menu or anything. It's just like, all right, immediately. We're back. Chapter wow. one, let's go. Well, I guess that's a good way for them to indicate, like, hey, there's more to this. Yeah, totally. It's a smart it's a smart thing to do. Like, I think the idea of this is definitely something that, like, you could easily mess up. Yeah. Because of just the complexity of it and the idea of, like, hiding stuff. I mean, this is I, I think this might be a thing that they do in the series in general. I don't know. Like I said, this is the first one I've played. I've heard different things from different people. So I don't know for sure, but, like... Especially because, like, you know, more people are probably going to come to this game in general just because of, you know, the pedigree from software has gained over the last decade. Right. Um, and I think with this game kind of being more accessible in general than previous games in the series that, again, more people are probably going to try come, come, to, come to it and try it and play it and all that sort of stuff. So having this system of, like, you know, you, you replay the game, you get different endings, and you replay it a third time, and here's all this other new stuff that we've got for you is, is very wild and, like... Like I said, it's just it's something that could easily get messed up and not work at all, but they really pull it off here and I think that they do a good job with like sprinkling in all the new stuff into you into your subsequent playthroughs to keep you invested and keep you playing longer and longer than you might just be like, uh, do one ending and I'm done. Or I'll go look up the endings on YouTube or Wikipedia or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mechs. Mechs. Hey, they're pretty cool. Robots. Robots. Yeah. Big worms. Big ice worm. I think it was scary. Was blah. Blah. I think it was like you said. I think it was scary. That's like one of the easiest bosses in the game. But it's still scary looking. Big, very big. It's got like weird gears in its face. Mm-hmm. That's how you got to claw through the ground. Oh, that's what that's for. Big brain. Big brain ice worm. <laughs> Big brain ice worm. Ugh. How about that? There you go. That's uh, that's Armored Core. Nice. It's pretty fun. Nice. I'm glad you had fun with it. I'm glad I had fun with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's going to do it for our episode this week. 
So if you'd like more from us, head on over to seasonalanimecheckup.com or sac.cools where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Jared and Al Watch. You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Anime Checkup. You can buy our books, One Shiny Moment, a critical analysis of Love Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs, and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, and a whole wealth of bonus content as well mm-hmm. next week I believe we're, we're gonna try we're gonna try for Al to talk about another Atome game it's gonna depend on if Al beats it in time or not I'm doing my Rubesti you're doing to your Rubesti if not we'll find something else to talk about we'll, we'll, we'll think of something but this would be fun to talk about I think I'm having a good time with it yeah it's very different yes so uh, we'll either talk about that or something else next week. Yay!